Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 21st, 2018. And today we're reading from the big book. We're in the chapter Into Action, and we are on page 76. We'll be reading the first two paragraphs and commenting on both. Today's readers are Janice M., Tenzin P., Craig F., Jen A., and Annie V. Our newcomer greeter is Suzanne W., and our second hour host is Deb W. The reference numbers for yesterday. The 7 a.m. share ID is 11,563. That's 11563. And the 10 a.m. share for yesterday, 11,564. 11564. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Janice M., would you please read OA's 12 Steps? Well, certainly, Mara, and good morning to everyone. I'm Janice P.M., and I'm uh, calling from Massachusetts, gratefully recovered. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried 
to carry the, this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice M., for your service. And Tenzin P., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Gladly. This is Tenzin P. calling in from near New York City, uh, gratefully recovering. The 12 traditions. And this is the short version. There is a long version just following in our big book. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be giving gentle reminders. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. Someone's unmuted, please press star one to clear the line. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 76 
and we will be reading the first two paragraphs and commenting on both. And Craig F., would you begin reading for us? Star one, Craig? This is Craig. Can you hear me? Yes, there you are. Good morning, okay. my friend. Yeah, a little technical thing. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here's the reading. If we can answer to our satisfaction, then we look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you remove now, uh, that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Give me... Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Um, okay. Uh, it, it's uh, going to come to my attention right away that we spent uh, four chapters doing step one and a whole chapter doing step two and uh, uh, a chapter pretty much doing step three. And uh, so far in this chapter, we've done our, uh, four and five. And, uh, you know, uh, now we get two paragraphs for steps six and seven. And But I don't think that uh, that should imply to anybody that these aren't uh, important steps. What it should imply is that there's not uh, a lot of work to be done, I believe, on our part. In, in in this step, in these steps, we're asking God to do the work. We're we're admitting that we're uh, we're powerless. We're admitting that we are um, not in control. We're uh, in, in essence admitting that uh, we ha- are asking God to remove those defects of character that stand in our way of being useful to Him. In other words. Uh, where it's it's dealer's choice, it's God's choice, um, and and the timing is God's choice because those character defects that we may find objectionable, God may still have a use for, um, and and that's not to say we shouldn't be willing to have them removed, and that's not to say that we should uh, cling hard to them. It's to say that we should be willing to let them go, but we need to let God decide when to let them go. I used to be around some people that worked this step and advocated working step six and seven by uh, you you took a year to do this. You had uh, poker chips with character defects on one side and the the asset that goes with it on the other side. And every day you you drew a poker chip out of the pile. And uh, that day you worked on that character defect. You watched for it and 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 you practiced the character asset when it came up. And and it sounds real good. And it, and but yet that is a, that's um, an ex- an exertion of my will in an area where I'm being told to ask God to do the work. 
and and we'll come to work on these character defects as they come up in step ten. And uh, you know when when uh, we have uh, an incident come up, we'll we'll get to look at where we were selfish and dishonest and and resentful and and fearful. And uh, that's where we practice this uh, way of life. That's that's where we uh, align our will with God's will in, in our lives. But in this step, uh, we're practicing humility. And you know, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. We don't we don't say, God, get this out of me now. I'm I, I'm ready to be better. I'm, I'm this is messing me up. You know, we say, God, if it's your will. And in your time, uh, I'm I'm ready to let go of this character defect, and and that's a difference in attitude that um, is gentle reminder. Thank you. That implies that spiritual way of life, that spiritual acceptance, that says that there is a God and I'm not it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much for your service, Craig. Yes. So two very good paragraphs. Lots of good stuff, as are every paragraph in this book, as is. And so if you would please like to share, press star one. Give me your first name and last initial, and I'll repeat it back so that you know I've heard you. Who'd like Lisa to share? B. Star one. Lisa B. Katie P. Julie R. Lita P. Rita P. Riva P. Riva P. God bless. I'm sorry. Vasa O and Nessa R. There was somebody before Vasa. Okay. All right. Well, then this is what I have. I've got Lisa B, Katie G, Julie R, Reva P, Nessa R, and Vasa O, I think. After five years, I should know. Um, Lisa B, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Maura, for your service. Um, these two paragraphs, you know, when I got to them, I really was still in a whirlwind. Um, well, there's a lot of echo um, in the background. I don't know if you hear it or if it's just on my phone. But um, So what I have to remember, what I need to hold on to in doing these steps, all of the steps, is there needs to be a willingness, a hopeless desperation, knowing that I'm going to drink again. And now I'm more clear on my column four, and I'm feeling better. I did that, you know, with God's help, the fourth step, the fifth step. And there's an AA speaker that I love that shares that step six is now going to be my step one. And that really helps me to remember that. And then also that line that says, um, um, let's see here, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Well, you know, my ego rebuilds itself. I, I just see that, that it rebuilds itself no matter how much time I have, so no matter how new I am or how... Um, you know, experienced I am being in this program, it will always rebuild itself. So I will start to balk at things and minimize things. And willingness has got to be there, but that's where that willingness, um, behind that willingness is that hopeless desperation, knowing that I'm going to eat again, that I will pick up again if I don't move through these steps. And for me, step six and seven really got addressed by living in step 10, 11, and 12. But I didn't know that. Also doing the ninth step. 
really doing completing the ninth step amends. So 9, 10, 11, and 12 is really how step 6 and 7 get addressed. And it's not on my terms. It's my higher power. And um, I can't be impatient and want everything to be done right now because my higher power knows what can be used to be beneficial to others. They may be things that I don't like, but um, they can be beneficial to others. So it's not on my terms and willingness and remembering that hopeless desperation. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Katie G. from Boston, it's your turn, followed by Julie R. in California. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. And one of my favorite things about <clears throat> these two steps is um, the consideration that step seven is the first time we say amen. Um, and step three, we do not say amen. Um, and what I've been offered is that everything between step three and step seven is a prayer. So my work with step six and seven has changed over time. And um, it was interesting because this morning I read that willingness means prompt to act or respond, lending a willing hand, inclined or favorably disposed in mind, eager to help. And so, yeah, you know, I can't remove these character defects at all. But I love what a previous speaker said is that step six and seven become my step one. Because I cannot control my character defects. Trust me, I have tried. I have tried recently, and you know what it did? It broke me down, and it broke me open. And all of a sudden, I'm having a new experience with step one around character defects that are killing me. And that's the important thing here, because our character defects will send me back to the food. So there were times in my step five that I admitted that I was stealing from my job. I cannot continue to practice stealing from my job. I have to be prompt to act or respond, to lend God a willing hand and say, okay, I, 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 I need an action plan that I'm not going to go into work today and continue to steal. And um, being at step one means I have no power, no choice, or no control around the food and around other defects of character. But what I'm seeing is as soon as I break open and start talking to God about it, I look at my day each and every day and I see slowly that I'm learning what my character defect is, what my triggers are, and how to run the heck away. How, when if my husband is doing something, how not to tear him down. How to go to God. I have to go to God. It is not enough for me to just say, oh, you know what, these are my character defects. Sorry, nothing I can do about it. Unacceptable. Unacceptable, right? God, this is like... If I can continue to practice these character defects, you know what's going to happen? Eating's going to be a step up. And I want to be careful. I'm not saying I, KDG, can remove this. I know I'm powerless. But me and God, we got to team up. We got to talk. I got to say, God, I'm going crazy inside right now. I want to lash out. God, please help me. God, please help me. God, please help me. Go to another room. Take some action. Willingness is action, right? And that's what these steps are all about. So, that's just my experience um, and being broken open and looking at the exact nature of these character defects that are destroying me and will lead me back to the food. Man, that is a new experience I do not want to miss. And I'm going to keep showing up with that. Okay. Hold on. Thank you, Ms. KDG. Julia R., it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Julia R. in California, star one. 
Really? Hi, this is Julia, recovered compulsive <laughs> overeater in California. Uh, step six, you know, it's all about willingness because I am self-centered to the core, which is stubborn. And so this was a real interesting process to go through. You know, it says, am I now ready to let God remove from me all things that I have admitted that are objectionable? Right when I admit that, wrote them down in my fourth step, shared them in my fifth step. Because, you know, I I made this thing with in step two, God is everything or God is nothing. So if God is everything, then I know in my heart that I can turn them over and say, take them. But there is nothing in this step that says anything about me, Julie, working on her character defects. Because if I could do that, if I could just say, you know, today I'm not going to work on um, anger or control or whatever, then I could work on my food, right? So I wouldn't need OA. I am powerless over compulsive overeating, over food, et cetera, till I have that spiritual experience. But with my defects, I just have to be ready to have God remove them. It doesn't mean that I sit and do nothing, like the previous person shared. It's that I take action. So how do I take action? By having that uh, two-way communication with my creator. And then the next paragraph, I love this prayer. Because it says, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. I do not go to God and tell God which ones to remove. I shared this before. You know, I'm a compliance quality manager, mission assurance. I cannot say, God, take away my control because I need to be somewhat of a controlling person in my job. I have to make sure everybody is following the documents. So I can't go and do that because maybe God has plans for me in that way. But I just have to be ready to be changed, to be willing, and to sit and do the next right thing, whatever that turns out to be. If I am so close to my creator that I have said, you are everything, then my life is going to change. And yeah, I act out in certain things, and I do the work. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Julie R. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, for a long time, I really did not pay attention to or understand step six is six and seven because they're so short it's easy to just go right over them um, and I can spend a lot of time looking at how I'm selfish dishonest self-seeking and fearful um, but this is a really uh, important place because for me this is like a huge pivot point it's like I'm driving and I'm totally changing direction because this is where I begin to stop running my life on self-will where I'm running the show and getting into the bedevilments um, and I start letting God take over. Um, so it's a huge change in direction, and the direction comes from God. And I love the word objectionable because, you know, I didn't put down the food until it was objectionable, even when I knew intellectually that I was doing something that wasn't healthy. And it's the same thing with my defects. I can know what my defects are. 
I can understand them, but it's not until I can't stand being that way in abstinence when it's so objectionable. That's when I become willing to let them go. And a lot of times I do have resistance and almost every time for me what I notice is if I really let them go, it means I have to start taking responsibility. I can't be playing the victim and blaming everything and everyone anymore. And you know what? I don't like that. But when it's objectionable, I will become willing. The other thing I was thinking about is willingness is not just wanting to have them gone. It requires action. And I have to take the action of these steps and the remaining ones or I'm not going to have things removed. And the last thing I wanted to share on is in the seven-step prayer, it says, take away my defects and mold them. You know, keep what's, what I need, take away the ones that aren't serving me. But why? Because I need to be useful to you and my fellows. And that is a huge pivot point and change because up until now, I'm doing everything because I want what I want when I want it. And when I'm asking God to mold me um, and take away the defects so that I can be useful, that's where I start becoming the person. I'm not doing this to be like the perfect person or be in nirvana or be comfortable. I'm doing this so that I can do God's work and be useful according to how God envisions that. Um, and um, that's just such a huge shift. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I want to talk about the first paragraph about Step 6, because very few people talk about Step 6. Most people talk about Step 6 and 7 um, all in, in one breath uh, and lump it all together. But Step 6, it's its own distinct step requiring its own distinct action, as was just said before. You know, step six says um, we were entirely ready to have God remove our, all these defects of character. And so what does it mean to be entirely ready? You know, and how do we show that we are entirely ready more importantly than being entirely ready? Because most of the time I'm entirely ready to have God remove the consequences of my defects. But what about the defects themselves? You know, I need to show concretely with action that I am ready to have God remove my selfishness, my dishonesty, my self-seeking. And, you know, Joe and Charlie have taught that the way to do that is by acting in opposite ways until God removes the defects of character. You know, in, in, um, in, in the, um, in the uh, uh, AA 12 and 12, it says, and under step six, it says, if we ask, God will certainly forgive our derelictions. But in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. That is something we are supposed to be willing to work towards ourselves. Um, he asks only that we try as best we know to make progress in the building of character. So what, what, he, what he's telling, us, telling me here is that I have to also work in my building of character. And to me, that means that if I have been selfish or if my um, innate response to a situation is to, to look at it in a selfish way, I need to stop myself and say, and say, Nessa, stop. You're being selfish now. You know, what is the unselfish way to do something? 
you know, to do, you know, this particular thing or whatever. Um, you know, when, when I um, um, take sponsors to the steps, um, I tell them after step five, do not throw away your step four uh, work yet because we're going to use it in step six and we're going to go through every single item that was in those resentment and, and fear sheets and see, okay, what would step six look like in this circumstance? So, so um, if I acted selfishly in, in a particular uh, instance by wanting to impose my will on somebody, you know, maybe my step six entry would be, you know, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want, you know, uh, not impose my will, accept their values, whatever it is. Um, but this is the step six work. Step six requires work. And then in step seven, God does all the work. Um, um, further reminder. In the, in a, yeah, and I'm going to close with this. In, in the, also in the, in the um, AA 12 and 12, it says, the key words entirely ready underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. And I, I think here the operative word is we, not God, we. We want to aim. Um, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Vasa O, it's your turn. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Maura, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And these are, it's such a two small little paragraphs, but they're so important. And I remember when I did the fourth and the fifth step, I was just emotionally exhausted. It was very draining for me. Because, but I wanted to do a thorough fourth and the fifth step. And then I decided I'm just going to take off a little time for step six um, and seven. And I read it, you know, in, in, in the big book. And I read it, you know, in the, in the regular OA 12 and 12. So, it, you know, God is in charge. Um, you know, I was ready and I was willing to go to any length when I admitted I was powerless over the food and my life became unmanageable. And I humbled myself on my knees and I surrendered, and I asked God that I was ready to let him take control over me because whatever I was doing, it was not working with the food on my life. And then I just, you know, I gradually, I kept on hearing, just relax and go through the process, Fasa. God is in charge. I am not. And that was the key for me. I did put the food, I humbled myself on my knees, that 150%, I cannot do this, God, by myself. And then, I, you know, again, I need God for everything. And of course I need the 12 steps. Of course I need my meetings. I've been doing this for many, many, many years because this is what's working. And the character defects are removed when God wants them to be removed. But I get the reminder, you know, I get the got inside, and I asked God, please help me in this area like you have done with the food addiction. And I'm just so, so grateful. It's like setting the, uh, the, setting the set, aside, set aside prayer. Whatever I knew by myself, I need to put everything aside that I knew by myself, about my life, about everything, about people, and I needed God. It was something new, but it was a, this good, this new thing approach was a wonderful, beautiful place 
to go with God and my program and the people and the 12 steps. And the, it, God is doing all the changes. And if I stumble, I say, God, please help me, forgive me. And, and again, surrender again. So I usually, I apply step one in everything I do in my life with all the rest of the steps. God is always there helping me and showing me how to do it. And I get on my knees every morning. I ask God, show me what is your will for me to do for you. As a and reminder. Fellows for today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, so reminder, we are on page 76 in the chapter Into Action. We're reading the first two paragraphs. And who would like to share? Let me have your first name and last initial once, and I'll repeat it back. Jeanette, Jeanette, what's your last initial? S. Maureen H. S. Sam. Maureen Annie H. Annie V. Annie V. is in Victor? Yes. Carolyn S. H. Who else? I'm sorry, is that Carol? Carolyn S. H. Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn S. H. Yes. Deborah E. Deborah, I'm sorry, your initial? E. E, okay. Yes. One more? Janice, Janice, P.M., M. Janice, Janice M. Wonderful. (laughs) This is who I have. Jeanette S., Maureen H., Annie V., Carolyn S. H., Deborah E., and Janice M. Jeanette S., would you get us started, please? Good morning. Can you hear me? Thank you, yes. Yes. Hi, this is Jeanette S., recovered from Maybrook, New York. Um, These two steps I find very interesting. Um, hmm, I don't even know where to start. So uh, we we have admitted our objectionable. What I found um, in, in step five, I admitted the exact nature, the nature of my wrong. I was into the details of my wrong. Um, what I found was that what I, as, as a human being, what I found objectionable, this being human thing, um, is what I had to admit. I admitted that it was objectionable, these different characteristics that I have. Um, they, they were objectionable to me. And for me, this step six and seven is more about changing my attitude towards this thing about being human. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it was a character defect to be fearful. Um, so I admitted that I found that objectionable. So for me, this is asking ha- to, to, to have my, my objection changed um, because I found that what I have thought were character defects were actually assets. You know, they say it's a flip side of the coin. It's, it's my being objectionable, my objecting to this character, characteristic. That's what the problem was, not the characteristic itself. Um, like, I have, I have detailitis. I am a double Capricorn, and this is what I do. And I find this objectionable sometimes. And in other times, it is a huge benefit. And it 
other people just love the fact that I can be so organized and do this detailed stuff because somebody has to do it. Somebody on the planet has to do it. So this is to remove my objection. For me, this is about removing my objection to having that characteristic. And how can I use all of those characteristics that I have, the double-sided coin, and use the positive side coin and, and change my attitude towards, my objection towards what I find objectionable. Because I don't have these things for no reason. They are of use. This is useful to, to, my, to myself and my fellows. And it's my attitude towards it that this for me is what this, these two steps are about. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jeanette S. Maureen H., please, and followed by Annie V. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Hi, good morning. This is Maureen H. from South Florida. Um, you know, the I loved all the shares this morning, especially the parallels between step one and step six. And um, the thing that really, like, speaks to me is this idea that when I was ready and ton with the food and desperate, I was not thinking about what my life was going to look like. I just knew I needed to put down these foods because they were killing me. And I just went forward with my step work trusting that, you know, I'm, I'm in line with my higher powers, you know, ideal for me and how my food plan is going to work. And in that same sense, I feel that same, um, like, desperation and a little bit of trepidation of stepping out into the unknown when it comes to my character defects because I can ask I can be willing but I still don't know what my life is going to look like when I'm you know practicing that bare open honesty or you know unsheltered you know on um you know unreserved selflessness and and just life in in living the opposite of my character defects and for me that has been such a an action of faith and to walk forward with my life you know especially around the honesty for me and and the the opportunities I've had even in just the last couple weeks to just be more open and honest with people and I'm you know telling people whether it's about program whether it's about my feelings whatever it's been and then coming out of the interaction and like, oh, I didn't burst into flames because I was honest with the person, you know? And slowly but surely, you know, I'm getting to, you know, have the the defects lessen over time, you know, as my higher power has me, you know, in these situations that now I get to practice the opposite. And so it's it's like that wonderful the for me, I'm seeing in my life this, like, faith that's required, what would be, like, that next step two, step three part after, you know, putting down, if you will, my character defects. And so I just appreciate all the shares this morning, and thank you. Hello. Thank you, Maureen H. Good morning. Thank you, Maureen. Excuse me. Who is this, please? Hello. Hello. 
Good morning. I'm looking for Annie V. That's just Hello. Annie V. <clears throat> we can hear you. Is oh. Annie V there? Yes, this is Annie yeah. V. My name is If Kim. you're not Annie V, would you please press star one to mute your phone? Thank you so very much. Annie V, please go ahead. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks all for your service. This is Annie V in New York. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. Um, I, man, I really relate to the age hold and told when it says that um, this is a step that separates the boys from the men. I may not like the wording, but to me, this is where, you know, in my 10 steps daily, I grow spiritually. It's, this is the, you know, progress, not perfection. And the way step six was explained to me, right, is this objectionable? I'll give an example. Um, my patterns of selfishness around time were glaring in the fifth step. And um, it was a beautiful step, and I had to sit with it for the first time and just really accept that, you know, I had issues with procrastination and showing up on time. And was I willing to let this go? Was I willing to give it up to my higher power, take the next right action, and let go of the result? You know, being willing, as many people shared about, you know, higher power may bring this defect back for a bigger service. And, I, and to get willing, I had to ask myself two questions. Someone shared this with me. You know, what is this defect doing for me? And what is it doing to me? Similarly, what I did in step one with regard to the compulsive overeating. Um, so, you know, I often needed to wait to the last minute. You know, I needed that to motivate me to get into action. Sometimes I had this, you know, um, thrill of, you know, okay, I got it done anyway. I had to admit that, that sort of vicarious living and, you know, getting away with it. Often things I felt with the ease and comfort with the compulsive overeating. And then I had to look at, for example, what is it doing to me? What is the price I'm paying for this? Well, I'm not being in service. I'm wasting people's time, um, more stress hormones because I'm having to rush everywhere. And when it really, you know, I looked at these pros and cons, like in my heart, not just in my mind, um, okay, this is objectionable. It's like someone told me um, if I had hot pick lipstick from the 80s, is it objectionable? What would I do with it? Oh, I'd throw it out. It's bacteria laden. It probably looks ridiculous, really easy. Some of these defects of character, not so much. That's why I needed to do the, what is it doing to me, you know, for me, excuse me, the positives, and then what price am I paying? What is it doing to me and others as well? And then, uh, you know, have that beautiful prayer. If I still cling to something, um, just, you know, ask God to help us be willing. And then in the seventh step, when it's, you know, when I'm really willing, um, you know, others have mentioned this too, it's, you know, my higher power didn't take away my compulsive overeating without, you know, needing higher power halfway. I'm completely powerless over this. But I started to, you know, I got a food plan. I took the actions of turning over my food because that was my admission of powerlessness. Um, you know, I had to take the small steps even when it seemed like impossible to get entirely abstinent. And yeah, okay, maybe I leave five minutes earlier today. Um, maybe I, you know, do something in advance, uh, something completely opposite. And, uh, yeah, saying that seven-step prayer, understanding that this is about Time. humiliating, not humiliation. And thank you, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Annie V. Carolyn S. H., it is your turn, followed by Deborah E. Carolyn S. H., star one. Oh, sorry, here I am. Hello. Thank you, Maura. Hello. Good morning. 
Good morning. Thank you for your service. Carolyn S.H., I've just set my timer, um, calling in from Massachusetts. Um, and uh, the sentence I want to start with here is, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Um, and to me, that is, well, that is the, the gist of step six, um, right before we ask for our higher power or a God of our understanding to remove our our defects. Um, and um, I, so bear with me a little bit, because I have this analogy that is like, won't leave my head, and I know it's not perfect, but um, I recently had surgery, and um, I just, I, I can't get out of my head, like the feeling I had um, going into the surgery. I, I had done the work. I had, in terms of understanding the procedure as much as I needed to. I had done the prep that I was told to do, um, and I had absolute faith. I had done my faith, my homework in the surgeon. I, I knew he was the best of the best. And um, and when they put they put me under, you know, general anesthesia, and they did all the work, right? I did nothing. And then I came out um, completely changed. Something was very different. And um, and I feel like this is what six and seven is about. And it's the analogy obviously isn't perfect because you don't go unconscious um, because it's, it's really about doing the actions of the next five steps, right? We've done five steps. We get willing. We ask higher power to remove these defects, and then we do five more steps. But I really feel like there's part of me, the self-will is what I'm just like goes under anesthesia, like it just goes, and I am doing other kind of action. Um, and for some reason, that that um, that image is really working for me um, lately. And the last um, my last thirty seconds here, I'll say one of the big character defects that came up recently in my step four is looking for um, security in other people and. It's just, like, I just feel like the way to do six and seven for me around that is I just, like, it's a free fall, and I am just asking, like, you know, I'm willing to let go of leaning on people in an inappropriate way, and and so many wonderful things are happening, and, um, yeah, my time's up. Without a pass, thank you. Thank you, Carolyn S.H., Deborah E., it's your turn, followed by Janice M. Thank you so much, Maura. Um, this is Deborah E. in North, recovered in North Carolina, and um, oh my goodness, I am so grateful for all the shares on step six and seven this morning. These, this is, these are just such wonderful reminders to me. Um, you know, the things that that really stick out to me. I have to remember that this is indeed a, a return to step one in step six, that I've got to be willing to let God remove from me. Um, and then in step seven, it's really a return to two and three. You know, I'm turning everything over to God. Um, and for me, I, you know, I have always suffered from perfectionism. And so the first time I encountered these steps, the things that stuck out to me, the, the one word that is repeated over and over that I latched onto is now. 
am I now ready? And can he now take them off? And, you know, I pray that you now remove from me. Um, now was my word. I wanted, I thought, thank you, God, I am finally going to be struck perfect. Um, and here I am a number of years later, and, and I'm still not struck perfect. And there are times, yeah, I love somebody shared my ego keeps coming back. My, and it does. It does. It, my disease is always there. Always there to convince me I'm not good enough. Or I need to be better. Um, and ready to beat myself with a hammer when I'm not. And I just, you know, my tenth steps are always about uh, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, and then my desire to be perfect. And for a long time, I really, working these steps made me feel worse about myself until I came back to these steps again and realized it's not in my timing. And what God does for me in taking his time to remove my character defects always teaches me so much more than I bargained for. If he were to instantly remove my character defects the way he lifted the obsession for, in my case, alcohol and food, um, I would not learn all the things that I learn as he does it gently um, and over time. Um, so, you know, for me today, I just, I have to come back to this, and I have to remember that it's in God's timing, in his perfect will, and his perfect timing. Um, you know, yesterday I was in a swim class. I'm 62. I'm just now learning to swim. I'm taking classes. And the instructor, I was saying, this doesn't feel right. You know, what am I doing wrong? And, and he kept helping me. And finally, one of the ladies in the class came up to me and said, Deborah, I really don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. You really look like you're doing so much, you know, so good. And, you know, you're doing all this stuff right. And I just had to laugh. I thought, well, of course, I want to be perfect. I want to be the best. Um, and that makes life so hard. So I have to remember I'm not perfect, but I'm growing. And thank God for these this program that allows me to do that. and gives Gentle me reminder. Thank you through these steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deborah E. Janice M., it is your turn. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thank you, Mara V. Yes, my name is Janice M. And, um, you know, this step six, this step six, the big book, doesn't promise us anything. It doesn't promise anything in this step. I mean, this is just it. Our higher power, my higher power, is going to do this, is going to remove my character defects. And guess what? That's what we're talking about, four major character defects. We're not talking about the behaviors from these four major character defects. We wrote that in the column, in what is it, the fourth or fifth column. Um, so what we're really trying to do here, I know we're trying to, you know, think that, okay, I, you know, I wrote down my, the exact nature of my wrongs. But what we're trying to do is, we, we ourselves have constructed any number of behaviors from these <clears throat> major character defects, and that's what we have to look at. And what are the behaviors? Okay, tendency to isolate, you know, bad relationships, gossip, lust, all those things. But we want to find out what's the major character defect where these come from. 
because God is going to lessen those. He doesn't remove anything. It's He's going to change us. That's all because we don't do this and then we evolve pure and it never comes back again. We're growing all the time. He has his job to do and I have my job to do. If I'm dishonest, I have to do my part. I'm going to practice honesty. I can't remove my defects. I can't remove these behaviors. They're going to lessen. I'm not the same dishonest person I I was when I came here. I'm not the same lustful person that I was. Of course, I'm older now. But anyway, um, that has been removed. Um, You know, I have to do my part. I have to do my part. I was very selfish. Am I still a little bit selfish? Yes, but I have learned that when I'm aware of that selfishness, I practice to say, oh, okay, I'm going to practice selflessness. So it's all from it's all from these four major character defects. We're going to practice different behaviors. We're going to try to change our behavior. God removes what he wants to remove, but we have to do our part still. So, so that I won't hold on to selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, and fear, because those are the things that really harmed my life, you know. And so as long as we can understand there's not 40 or 50 character defects, there's four. There's just four. And from them, the methods that I've used, then we find out the actions that these defects have caused, like lying and gossip. And Gentle gossip reminder. And I am all done, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> Thank you, Janice M. And I have it on good authority that I missed hearing Amy G's name. Amy, would you care to share? We've got two minutes. Star one. Okay, perhaps not. We have one minute left. Who would like that one minute? Hello. Hello. Yes, your Hi. name, please. Oh, my name is Tiffany, and I'm from Durham, North Carolina. Do you want to share, Tiffany, on what was read today? <clears throat> well, I just got in the room. Have- I'm still here to share that I'm a newcomer. That's all. Okay, well, if you hold on a few minutes, we're going to have time for you to come back on and give your name and number again. So please do wait for us. Ma'am? Yes, ma'am? What did you say, sweetheart? I said if you hold on a few minutes, we will have a time when we request newcomers to come on and share their contact information. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Tiffany. Okay, and with that, we are at the close of our meeting today at 7.55 a.m. So thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second hour of a non-recorded study of the big book immediately following closing. And so today's share ID is 11,568. That's 11568. And I'd like to now ask Jen A. if she would read from the big book on page 164. 
Good morning, Laura. Jen a. Thank you, everyone. Good morning, Laura. This is Jen A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. Thank you, everyone, for your service this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationships right with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.